And so recently, probably within the last couple of months, every now and then I get terrible headaches. And I think it all comes from my TMJ into the side of my head, terrible, excruciating headaches. And I was just laying there in bed suffering. And I was, I didn't want to take medication because I have to take like heavy, heavy pain medication when I'm in a, when I, it's that much pain. And I just was desperate and started singing Hugh. And I think I fell asleep. And then what, and, and, um, let me backtrack. This is the type of headache where I, I had a headache. I went to bed and, and I wake up, you know, in the middle of the night, I still have the headache. It wasn't going away. So the first night, so anyways, I sang Hugh, fell asleep in the morning. I got up and it was dramatically better. And it, then it kind of went away for the, you know, it kind of went away during the day, the next day. And then the next night it started coming back again. And I sang Hugh again and it was gone. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello. Being the guest. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, a blessing to be with you all. Well, look who's in the house. I know many of you will know. It's Jeff Reynolds from the Jeff Mara podcast. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Karen. We've just had a bit of a conversation for about, I don't know, 15 minutes talking about how he's very reluctant to go on other people's podcast shows and he normally turns people down. So I feel very honoured that he has not turned me down and that he's come on his podcast show to share his story and his insights with you all. So thanks again for coming on the show, darling one. You're you're more than welcome. <laughs> As you say, it's not, not used to being the guest. Let me read you a little bit of Jeff's bio. <laughs> which I had to mm-hmm. draw out of him. He said, just introduce me as Jeff from the Jeff Mara podcast. I said, no, I want to know more. So Jeff Reynolds, everyone knows him as Jeff Mara, including me. When I met you, I thought your name was Jeff Mara. So we're going to clear mm-hmm. that up for people. Your name is actually Jeff Reynolds. And the Jeff Mara podcast is your name and your beautiful wife's name, Mara, Jeff and Mara. That was something I learned ages after, you know, finding your show, which I thought was interesting. Everyone calls you Jeff Mara. Jeff Reynolds is a YouTube expert and content creator who has owned a few YouTube channels that have totaled over a million subscribers and over a billion views. His videos have earned millions of dollars in ad revenue, and he has made videos directly for Awesomeness TV when they were owned by DreamWorks Animation, as well as made many videos for branding, for brand advertising campaigns. I think your first uh, channel, one of your channels was a channel uh, with your children, right, Jeff? Unwrapping mm-hmm. Toys? Right. Yeah, right. the original channel actually is called Jeff Mara. Mm-hmm. And um, I started in 2006 before even Google acquired it. Wow. And I don't think anybody started even earning ad revenue till about 2010. Yeah. And at that point, it was, you know, I wasn't even in my imagination about making money. I was just throwing, and if you, 
I was just throwing random videos of things I like to make. And if you go and look at the Jeff Mara channel, if you, if you can, I don't know, I guess you can kind of cycle back through the videos back to the very beginning. My very first video is of me playing as I used to have a sitar and I just clicked the video and just played a little bit in front of the camera and posted it. It was like on a Saturday morning. Cool. But I had a lot of videos. Yeah. I'm just like, I used to make these music. I made a lot of music videos because back then I would, and I didn't post this here, but I used, to, I'm also a music producer. And so I used to make these alien music videos and the, and you can see some of those there as well. Oh, and, well, we'll get into that because that's yeah. not in, in your bio. So with over 16 years experience posting content on YouTube, Jeff can provide, you still provide personal private consultations for people? I can, yes. I mean, but you don't I, really. I don't. It's not something that I normally do, but I'm, but I'm sure I'm able to do it. I mean, of yeah. course, I'm able to do it. If people want to know how to right. be a successful YouTuber, so it says here something I don't understand. Jeff's videos have included Nerf action videos, which I have no mm. idea what that is. Nerf review mm. videos, sure. Airsoft review videos. Are these mm. toys? Toy dart gun reviews. They're basically, toy gun videos. Okay, podcasting mm. and more. Before Jeff was a YouTube content creator, he was a successful chiropractor who also practiced medical acupuncture for over 20 years, who owned, mm. you owned your own clinic as well as working in an MD slash DC multi-practice clinic. So that's fascinating. Do you miss mm. being a practitioner? Health Not really. <laughs> Health <laughs> practitioner. I can't tell you how many amazing spiritual teachers I've met who started their life out as a chiropractor. Uh, what's his name that Joe, uh, that everybody likes anyway, it'll Joe Dispenza, Joe Dispenza. He's a chiropractor. That's yeah. True. I met him I, in Sydney and I sat down, and asked him to come on my show, something I've never actually eventuated. That was about 10 years ago. And he reached out and started manipulating the back of my neck. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As I was sitting, talking to him. Let me check your was... spine and see Let if, me uh, just if check your spine. Okay, so today Jeff is the successful host of the successful show, which is called the Jeff Mara Podcast, uh, which obviously for the people who watch it know, you know, your content has changed over the years and you're now creating conscious content or spiritual content. And I have an idea, having watched your first, I've watched a couple of your first videos because I'm, you know, I was interested in you, like how did mm -hmm. you get into this? And uh, I'm interested in your story. Do you want to tell us how that came about? Because you didn't start off with NDEs. You started off talking about bands and things. Yeah, my very, well, I wanted to do a, for me personally, I consider my podcast a paranormal podcast. And that's what I wanted was paranormal guests, but that I couldn't get them in the beginning. And my very first one was actually with a friend of mine that's a radio, I don't know if he, I guess he still DJs, but he's kind of moved up the hierarchy in the radio world into program director. So I thought it would be interesting, you know, to interview him. Why does the radio play the same 15 songs over and over and over again? And, and you know. And he had a great explanation. So I had that. And, um, you know, I just, I had all kinds of guests. And funny enough, in the very beginning, I had no problem getting dating and relationship coaches and sexologists. And um, I thought they were fun podcasts and I thought they were great, but they just, they didn't do very well at all. So I, you know, I wasn't the right host for that 
for some reason. You know, you never know what what's going to work. I kind of think about it later, and I think that a beautiful woman would do better on on being a host for those topics. Maybe a guy's, you know, just maybe it's too cringy. I don't know. Hilarious, hilarious. Yeah. But so what I figured was because you're a content creator that you put on a the New Zealand girl that I've met that its name escapes me. She was your first NDE. Right. Yeah. What's her name? She is um oh I don't know why I can't remember her name. Christy Kirsty. Speak about her from time to time. Kirstie. Yeah, Kirsty Salisbury. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. she started talking about and the views just went whoosh. so I think yeah. you kind of followed that thread. That's what I felt. Do you want to right. tell us your explanation? Yeah, basically that. I mean, and as I said, I really wanted to paranormal guess. And um and this is a great thing for people who want to do YouTube, is like tell everybody that asks in general, you know, if you're a beginning person that wants to get into YouTube, make all kinds of videos. And once you find something that works, stay there. And luckily enough, that was in what I wanted to do anyways. So from her led, I think, thankful to her, maybe I, I don't know if she referred me some other guest or one led to another to another. And um, it kind of grew from there. When I was talking about you to someone the other day, they asked me, how does he find all his guests? Which is a great question. I mean, I know mm -hmm. how I find guests because I only do one a week. You do one every day. How do you find yeah. all your guests? Some of them I find, I just, I solicit people that I see that are, that are posting on social media, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. And then luckily enough, I've got to the level now where, um, I get I get referrals from publicists. I get referrals from book companies, and I, I guess I guess it, those are the two main ones: are book companies and publicists. And they like what I do, and so they'll you know it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. I would like to have an interesting guest, and they want someone to you know get their guest out there to help sell the guest's book or whatever. And and I um, bet a lot of your listeners send you people why don't you uh, yeah that's great i'm glad you pointed that out yeah it's very common for people to say hey will you go get karen swain on i'd really love to see her <laughs> well i actually reached out to you to come on your show because i was watching it thinking huh he talks a lot about death well i talk a lot about death let, let me go on his podcast and talk about my experiences with death uh, which is, yeah, a lot of what I talk about. But, yeah, I, I get the same with me too. I get a lot of people uh, requesting that I put on and publicists that, um, but as I say, I, I don't know how you'd find someone to do every day. But you know what it speaks to, Jeff? It speaks to the way that this content is expanding in the world, mm -hmm. the way that people are waking up and how this content is expanding and um, more and more people are becoming healers and teachers and psychics and channels or are coming out of the closet and sharing their NDE experiences or their alien abduction experiences or their spiritually transformed, like they're coming out. And this this content or this this information is expanding through the world. I mean, that's really what your whole podcast show is showing me because I've been doing this for 12 years and you've only been mm. doing it for about two years and it's just mm. taken off. Mm. I agree. You know, I mean, um, I, I think you're, you're right. I guess, you know, that I think the subject was popular in the nineties along with the X-Files television show. And then um, it's kind of had a resurgence in the last few years, maybe 
especially due to, you know, what's been going on in the world. Yeah. And people waking up. I think there's been a mass awakening over the last couple of years, especially because of what has been going on in the world. Mm -hmm. So you said to me before, when we chatted before, I'd like you to tell people that you were obviously not doing paranormal subjects. You were doing um, a different show. Do you want to tell us about that show and what was happening? I mean, it's the same show. It's just, those are the guests that I could get. I mean, it was, there's other guests. I mean, I had a guy that, um, he invented a shirt that you wear under a dress shirt to kind of catch all your sweat. I think that was a really cool one. Uh, well, fashion photographer out of Spain. Um, trying to see who are some of the other guests. Like uh, a novelist. This guy written about almost thirty books, and and um, and um, just you know, there was really no certain type of guest I was looking for. I was just. It was just whoever was willing to come on, really. And it was actually great for me because I'm not trained as a broadcaster. I'm trained at sitting, I'm as a chiropractor, I'm trained to sit down and talk to people and listen and, and talk about their problems and try to figure out if I can help them or not. And so um, it was good. You know, if you watch my videos from, from the beginning to where I am now, I think you'll see that you'll see the improvement of what I've done over the years. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, did wasn't your first channel the one with your kids unwrapping toys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, I mean the original stuff, yeah, I mean that's so different. Yeah, I mean that and that as I said in the it really didn't start out that way. It was me putting up music videos and random stuff. And I actually put up a lot of chiropractic videos. And then it wasn't till about 2010 um that I started making Thomas the Train videos with my son. And they started getting a lot of um, traction and a lot of views. And at that time, YouTube personally invited you to say, hey, would you like to run ads on your video? So I got a personal invitation and I was, yeah, yeah, I was excited because it was a hobby for me. All this stuff was kind of a hobby for me anyways. And um, I remember back in the day, I was making like, you know, 65 cents a day. And I thought it was just so awesome that, you know, I'm, I'm having fun and I'm doing this and I'm, I'm making a little bit of money out of it. You know, cool. My friend David said, you know what the most popular YouTube ch- uh, show has ever been? And I said, no. And he said, it was a kid unwrapping toys. I, I don't think it was yours, but it had no, had it like, no, tell me. Yeah, go on. No, that's probably Ryan's toy review. And is he's it based? Uh, yeah, he's actually down the down the road from me. He's in Houston. I'm in San Antonio, and he, you know, it's just uh, it's maybe unexplainable. I mean, he's terrific on camera, and he's really he's got a big personality, and um, people were doing toy unboxing before him. He wasn't like the first guy, but he just at some point exploded on the scene. He was like a. It was kind of. Oh gosh, I don't remember the years, but my children had already kind of moved past that at that time, and 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 maybe it was timing. Maybe at that point, you know, it just exploded for unboxing toys as well. And the amazing thing I can tell you is when we first started doing toys, there was only like about fifty of us on the planet doing it, and it was like the wild west of of you of YouTube in a way because there was hardly anybody doing it. And, you know, that it was even unboxing toys. I mean, if you look at my channel, it really wasn't all about unboxing toys. I mean, there was a lot of 
I guess you could call it narrative. They're basically storytelling through toys. I've done a lot of just telling stories through toys and, um, and it was really experimental, which was a lot of fun. I mean, back then I used to just kind of, I would go to Walmart and look around the toy section and just literally walk around toys and look at toys and just kind of try to think, what do I want to do? What do children want to watch videos about? You know, and I would, you would just, you know, I would brainstorm toys. And here's a great example was I just thought, okay, what are kids like? Oh, kids love candy. So and I think I was the, the very first channel to do candy reviews as well. And so I just thought, well, it was, it was, um, Valentine's Day. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to buy all the coolest Valentine's candy and bring it home and let my kids sample everything and give their opinion on it. And that video just boom, totally blew up. And um, what was amazing about that video is it did amazing for a while and then it kind of died down. But then next Valentine's Day, it blew up again. So it was kind of cyclical for a while. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I could say that the biggest, I don't, you know, well, you're in Australia, so you know what Kinder eggs are, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? The chocolate eggs. They're chocolate eggs with little toys in them. And they're illegal in the U.S. because really? you cannot have a toy inside of candy because of the possibility of someone choking and dying on it. Okay. They've kind of eventually made a way around it. But um, those videos were super, super popular of people doing Kinder eggs. And so I couldn't get them here, but I started doing the plastic eggs and I used to Funny enough, I used to get on eBay and connect with a guy in London that would send me the plastic versions. And I would buy them on eBay and he'd mail them to me. And, and it was just like, you know, you could just, you could do, you could put the camera. And I think people back then used to call them hand channels. So you could zoom in on your hands and just cracking the toy and pulling out the toys and showing them the toys. And, and kids loved them, went crazy over them. And so finally I, um, and you can see it on that channel. I invented this thing called the giant. So I made the first giant one. And where I live in San Antonio, um, what's really big here are pinatas, which are giant things made out of paper mache. And for children here, they fill them full of candy and they blindfold them and they whack it with a stick until it, you know, it breaks open and all the candy falls out and the kids go crazy getting the candy. So I, they, there was a pinata store and they had one as an egg and I went down there and I picked one up and then I thought, okay, I'm going to make the biggest one. And I cut it open in half and then I filled it full of like full size toys and had my kids open that up. And, um, when that happened, my channel just skyrocketed and you can see like the original one. And I mean, the views will mean like my original one has a hundred and Well, last time I checked, it had about 150 million views. OMG. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know where it's at anymore. Cause I don't, I don't look, but yeah. So that, I mean, it went, it was amazing. And I just, you know, so that was my new thing and I did those for a while. So when this started exploding, were you still working as a chiropractor? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then it was, for me, this was my hobby. Like some people, when they come home, they may, you know, I don't know what people's hobbies are, but they may come home after work and do whatever, you know, or they yeah. may, and there's nothing wrong with it. Maybe they're just tired and want to come home and just chill and watch TV and, and whatever. But I would come home after work and, you know, after dinner, I would, you know, I wasn't really a TV person. I would just kind of tinker with YouTube and make videos and kind of mess around with them until, it, you know, then it 
it got better and better and better. And then at a, one point I decided, well, I'm going to close my office and just do this full time. You know, you know, it's interesting though, Jeff, because as I tune into you, you're obviously, you know, here to make a difference in the world, like a light worker. And I, I would want to ask you why you, you became a chiropractor, you know, you're here to mm-hmm. help people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, the step one step after the other, it's like you followed a passion and a hobby, which actually mm-hmm. turned out to be what is now the Jeff Mara podcast, which is helping so many people. Yeah. It's like read the review, read the comments on your channel. Right, right. I mean, I, I, that's one of the biggest surprises in starting this is I never expected people to write to me personally and the comments on how much these videos help them. I mean, and I started keeping a list on my, on my look over here because of my other computers here, but I started keeping a list of like the comments and or stuff that people write, like people, you know, just, I think one woman said I got off, you know, medication because I just watched these podcasts every night. I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what, what made you became a chiropractor? I mean, you obviously had a, a mission that you wanted to uh, I was originally I was originally going to be a dentist. Okay. Maybe a children's dentist. Mm-hmm. And in the late 80s in America, the dental profession was in a down downturn. And it was at the time the profession with the highest amount of suicide. Wow. Because I think you get into deep debt being a dentist because the overhead and buying all the equipment is so high. Oh gosh! And this is pre um, this is pre cosmetic dentistry, mm-hmm. and um, so I was looking into it, and I was talking to dentists when I was an undergrad, and they were saying, "Don't do it, don't do it." And um, so I used to work at a gym. I used to be kind of like a trainer and help people, you know, learn use the weights and all that kind of stuff, and um. There was a guy in chiropractic school there. He said, it's awesome. It's so amazing. You should do it. And 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 I looked into it and and, and um I I was either that or becoming a physical therapist and I chose chiropractic. The accidental healer, <laughs> the accidental guru. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to just, you know, and never what I thought, you know, would you never I never thought I would be here at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. right you never know where your life path is going to take you well it's so interesting you're I'm sure you've had these conversations on your show you know your higher self has a plan and then your ego has a plan Mm -hmm. but the calling of the higher self is strong you know and Mm -hmm. even when you think you're following your ego the ego says be successful make money have fun (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and the plan the soul has another plan like help the world heal, you know, evolve. Right. Uh, you're still following the plan because I don't know if I spoke to you on, on your show. The way I got into healing was I was like following a career like I wanted to be in fashion or something. And my flatmate said she had bought a massage course and she couldn't do it because she was a makeup artist in the film industry and still is today very successful. And she said, please take it. You don't have to pay me because, and I said, no, I'm not interested in that at all. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And those Mm. people, like your chiropractor friend, like they had Mm -hmm. talked about how they were in the corporate world on that wheel 
and they mm-hmm. got off. They were making lots of money, but they got they got off and started their own business doing massage. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to their story and I thought, these people know something that I need to listen to. And then mm-hmm. that put me on that, you know, going into the healing path. So following mm-hmm. the soul's calling, which I think that you've done sort of accidentally or on purpose, accidentally on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. You remind me of, I just rem- remember that you're in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. In Sydney. Yeah. One of my very first guests also was a massage therapist and she has some type of um, retreat center or somewhere where you can go there and do other, you know, yoga, I think, massage therapy and and whatever else services that she provided. I'm, I'm going way off course. I'm not, I just, when you said that, it brought that old guest to mind. What I'd really like to ask you, the question that's burning is how has all these amazing guests that you've had on your show over the last couple of years changed your life? I mean, how has it changed you? Because, you know, you've learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say I fear death less. I don't know if I'm to the point where I completely am non-fearing death. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I'd have to evaluate that if I was ever close to that circumstance. But, um, Gosh, um, other than that, um, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle for me. I mean, I, I don't think I don't have all the answers I'm putting. I'm trying to put them together. I think personally, the big, one of the best things that I learned from my guest is singing Hugh. And that was um, for those who don't know, um, those that, that singing Hugh is from Ekankar. And I had a, first I had a guest on that um, terrible car accident. He was paralyzed. They weren't expecting him to live. They were actually waiting around for him to die so they could harvest his organs. And he kept laying there singing Hugh, which Hugh is, I guess, like an ancient name for God. And um, I think he was kind of having out of body or near death experiences while he was singing. and, And it just kept going on and on. And he would like, he would have an out of body experience and then, or an NDE and then he would, and then um, they would come inject him with pain medication and he would do okay. And then when he started hurting again, they, he would start singing that. Um, anyways, I found that fascinating. And then I, I reached out to Ekenkar and had a guest on from Ekenhar and he taught us how to sing Hugh and what's all behind that. And I, and so Recently, probably within the last couple of months, every now and then I get terrible headaches. And I think it all comes from my TMJ into the side of my head, terrible, excruciating headaches. And I was just laying there in bed suffering. And I was, I didn't want to take medication because I have to take like heavy, heavy pain medication when I'm in a, when it's that much pain. And I just was desperate and started singing Hugh. And I think I fell asleep. And then what, and, and, um, let me backtrack. This is the type of headache where I, I had a headache. I went to bed and, and I wake up, you know, in the middle of the night, I still have the headache. It wasn't going away. So the first night, so anyways, I sang Hugh, fell asleep in the morning. I got up and it was dramatically better. And it, then it kind of went away for the, you know, it kind of went away during the day, the next day. And then the next night it started coming back again. And I sang Hugh again and it was gone. 
And then I think maybe uh, maybe a couple weeks afterwards uh, that returned and I sang Hugh and again, I fell asleep. I was like, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had the pain. I sang it, fell asleep and I woke up. The headache was gone. So that's been for me personally, one of the biggest bonuses so far. That's beautiful. I love that story. Mm. Singing Hugh. Yeah. Hugh means spirit, Hugh, man, spirit, and man, we are spirit. We are flesh and spirit together. Hugh, man, Hugh. Mm. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, that singing Hugh is you connecting to spirit. What I found, Jeff, listening to, you know, answering my own question for myself, listening to so many people over the years, uh, is that pain has been their awakening, that they haven't seen who they are. They're bipping along like Michaela Sheldon. I don't know if you've ever had Michaela Sheldon on your show. Mm -hmm. She's a channeler, someone I can introduce you to. I had her on the show quite a few years ago. She was like your classic soccer mom, you know, like A-type personality doing everything and picking up kids and running the tuck shop. And she just had this intense pain that wouldn't go away, that the doctors didn't know where it was coming from, didn't know how to fix it. And so in, in her desperation, she started meditating. <laughs> you know, she had to be desperate to start meditating because in her mind, meditation was a waste of time until the pain got so intense that she ha had to do something. So she started meditating. And, and then in her meditation, she started connecting. It's a longer story, but she started connecting mm -hmm. to her guides and had a you know, complete life transformation, went from being mm -hmm. a stressed out soccer mom to a channeler that now is doing mm -hmm. amazing things in the world and running expos and wow, yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. yeah. You know, the, the thing for me is my, my podcast is almost a spiritual journey for me as well. That's Absolutely. what I like about it so much is because, you know, I, I've had my own, I, I had a certain amount of spiritual and paranormal knowledge, but I've learned so much more and, and, um, and I keep learning more. And, and I, I say it on my podcast, you know, because I do a Saturday night open line Zoom where anybody can join me for like 10 minutes. So anybody can pop up. And that's a lot of fun for me. And um, I I said it there and I told my wife one day because the, the lottery is up to like 400 million. And I said, you know, if I we won that lottery, I would still keep doing this. So I, I, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's like a, you know, I, I enjoy the, I love people and I enjoy the topics and um, I'm learning too. And, yeah. I, and I think that the people who watch, watch me, there's just so many that do watch every day that, you know, it's like we're all learning together. Yeah. Yeah. So I've watched your channel. You get at least, at least 20,000 views on each um, eventually, you know, over a week or so, but yeah, they, they tune in about 10,000 of them tune in almost immediately, like within yeah. the first couple of days. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a dedicated following. Go on. Right. And it's funny. Well, not funny. Well, I guess, it, I don't know however you want to say it, but what's interesting is most of the people tell me they watch when they're going to bed, mm -hmm. they lay in bed and watch the videos, which is another thing I didn't expect. Uh, interesting. I've Real joked about saying, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna no, say no, I've joked did. about I've joked about channeling the changing the name to adult bedtime stories, <laughs> but using the word adult may you know not go off very well. They'll yeah, think yeah, something yeah. else. <laughs> I was just gonna say a lot of people tell me that they 
listen on audio you know they listen in the car or they listen when they're jogging or you know they try and fit it in in their busy schedule when I listen to something I sit down and listen I don't multitask when I'm listening to something like I don't go out Mm -hmm. for a jog and listen or cook dinner Mm -hmm. and listen I listen but that's me but yeah a lot of Mm -hmm. people just fit it into their day like going to sleep (laughs) driving in the Mm -hmm. car going for a jog cooking dinner I think I've joked with somebody at least and saying, well, it's good that I can put you to sleep at night. <laughs> oh, hysterical. But so, cause you've had amazing people I've, as, watching the evolution of your channel, you know, you've gone from the near death experience conversation into the galactic conversation. Like you're mm-hmm. getting more and more guests on that are talking about their galactic interactions and where were you as far as ETs and aliens and galactic and channeling? Where were you when you started that? Was that you open to all that or have you yeah. expanded and evolved if you, as you've spoken to people? Um, I was definitely always open to ETs and, and the possibility. I haven't seen one. I've seen other people's videos. I'm definitely, you know, I can do say one thing is about 1997, I happened to just by chance go to a talk with Whitley Strieber. I don't know if you know who that is. He's the one that wrote communion and he's wrote many books and, and, um, and it was called the mind science foundation. And I was there and he said that some, I don't know exactly the words he said, but basically he said someone dropped it off his desk in an anonymous source. That was a tape from I don't know if we had back not did we have the space station in 97? I don't know if we had it back then or not, but basically it was a camera pointed at the earth and you see these, you know, they look at that distance. They just look like lights, but I mean, you know, they were moving and changing directions and it was pretty amazing. But anyways, yeah, I've always been generally open to UFOs, ETs, near-death experiences and my inspiration is from a host that's no longer with us, Art Bell, and he created Coast to Coast AM. And um, so I, you know, I mentioned I was a, I'm, I, I don't really do it much anymore, but I'm a music producer, and I used to also play out in bars and clubs and stuff. And so, I on my drive home at night when I would finish, I would listen to him because he's on from midnight to four a.m. and I would usually get out of a bar playing at probably gosh, one thirty in the morning. So I was really into, I was already kind of really into that stuff and sci-fi stuff too. I'm going to ask you the question again, like who, okay. what guests have really kind of blown your mind where you've really opened to stuff you'd never thought about or never contemplated and gone, Oh wow. Or even that you've thought, nah, that can't be true. You know, you thought that was too way out. There must've been quite a few of them. Well, I can tell you one of my guests, there's only one guest that ever made me feel spooked out one time. I was like, it really got to me because I thought it was so real that, I mean, apparently, I mean, who am I to question? It's not real, but um, his name, his first name is Terry. I don't remember his last name. And he has, was abducted where he had him and his friend were camping in the seventies out in a, out in a, out in a national park, but they were in a space where they weren't supposed to be. And a UFO came down and, um, 
and you know they were knocked out unconscious and i don't know what happened but when they got up in the morning they just got their stuff and got out of there and not even they left stuff there they were so afraid and anyways um he got back to the military base the park rangers found their stuff called the military told them about it the military kept them apart from each other and segregated them, which I thought was real interesting. But anyway, so 40 years pass, pass on in this guy's life. He became an attorney. He was the assistant to the to the state attorney for Maine, whatever that DA or whatever the, the state prosecutor for Maine. So he, was, he became very high in the legal field, right? I mean, he was a, you know, I don't know what's the right word, but, you know, a, a, an accomplished man in the legal, in the legal world. He went running and he had a lot of knee pain and he thought, you know, as people do you, if you're in your sixties or so you're running, you, you go to the doctor, they'll say, okay, well, let's take an x-ray. Maybe, you know, they're probably suspecting arthritis and in the x-ray was like a little computer chip with wires. And, um, and so we talked about that and the alien said, don't pull it out. We'll take it out. And I think he showed me just off camera. He showed me the puncture wounds in his knees where they removed it or in his thigh. And just that story just really spooked me out like that, that night after it was in the evening after we talked, I was just kind of like freaked out a little bit in my apartment. It was like, wow, that was so, you know, that one got to me. Were you worried that aliens were going to come and put a chip in you? <laughs> no, not, no, no. It was just that, I, I guess, you know, I, I just felt like it was, you know, I, you know maybe it was like a, a recognize, a, you know, sometimes recognition? A, a recognition that this mm -hmm. is real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My, my, one of my all time favorite alien guests is another guy named Ronnie Dawson. And he is a oil truck driver out here in texas and you know there's a lot of oil wells and he would go out to the well pick up the oil and take it back to wherever and he said that he would always he kept seeing ufos over the horizon way out in the oil wells out in nowhere land and he decided to um bring a laser pointer but an astronomy laser pointers and I, if you don't know what those are they're a lot of fun to buy you can probably pick them up on ebay for about 10 bucks and they're a green laser but they're really powerful and if you shine it in the sky you see the beam it just goes on for miles and they use them in astronomy so they can point out the stars to the students or, or whatever and so he decided to shine that laser on the ship and it was either that, I think it was the next night, they decided to pay him a visit at his house for doing that. And they said he paralyzed him in his bed and kind of ransacked his house to find that laser. And they said they pulled his him out of his body. And I don't remember the whole story. I'd love to have him back on. And I want to get him on my Saturday night. But ultimately, they cloned his body. And his body is, I don't know, on some other planet or someplace somewhere else. And eventually, he said they brought his spirit to that body. Mm -hmm. Let's say, if you know, so, uh, to so make it simple, they cloned his body and put it on Jupiter. And eventually, they brought his consciousness to Jupiter. And, and he said everybody there was so happy to see him because they wanted, they finally met the real Ronnie because they were testing other people's consciousness in that body. 
but they were finally happy to meet the real guy. Anyways, while he was there, he said that he had an, there was another guy like him there from South Africa. And he knew his name and he's trying to find that guy. So you're talking about there being on the ships. Wherever, yeah, I don't know where if they they took they cloned his body on it was on a space station somewhere or it was on another planet. I don't really remember, but wherever that was, that cloned body was there, and they would bring other consciousness in there to inhabit the body to see yeah. if it works. Yeah, yeah. And finally, they brought him. Yeah. So they being the ETs, the yeah, 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 extraterrestrials, was, yeah. the yeah, higher dimensional beings. Right, right. So that but if you just go through it, he's a fun guy and I really enjoyed that. And I thought his, you know, I thought his experience was, you know, it's kind of like this. And this is fascinating for me too. It's almost every guest I have, someone will say, That is the best one you've ever done. That's <laughs> or that is my favorite one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I'm just like my audience. I resonate with certain guests just like everybody else resonates with a certain guest doesn't mean any any guest is better than anybody else it just means that you know every, people resonate with certain guests you know it's and i think that's what's so great about the ndes is that there's so many different experiences that um all there's usually going to be someone that's going to you know really resonate with that particular guest nde because you've had so many people with NDEs on and, um, you know, the question, it's the same question, but I'm just drawing it out. Like what have you learned from the NDEs about who we are beyond this world? Because so many people mm-hmm. have had, you know, mm-hmm. all of them have similar but different experiences and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of similarities with light and love and mm-hmm. bliss, and but right. there are, different experiences so what have you learned about who you are or we are beyond this world surprisingly you i guess it shouldn't be a surprise because i don't know everything and i can't know and obviously i don't know everything about ndes i don't know if anybody knows everything about ndes but i'm still learning and i still get surprised uh i loved it the other day and i haven't even published this podcast yet and i thought the woman had a great experience the way she said that when she was there, they were all orbs. And, you know, so many people will say we're there and we are God and we're part of God. We kind of come to a collective. We're all there together. We're all one, but you still maintain some type of identity. Although some, I think will say you completely lose the ego and you're just one, but the majority will say that you've maintained some identity. And I thought it was really the way that she explained it was really fascinating that she was there with a whole bunch of other orbs and everybody knew everybody. You're still maintaining some identity. You're all together, but you know each other, you know everything. Maybe even you know everything about each other there. And I, I can't remember because again, I, it was a couple of days ago, but um, you may know if you want to know this person's experience, it's like maybe we're all God, but maybe if you and I were together and millions of other people as orbs, I could think I could tune into you and then I could live your experience. You know what I mean? Just by being next to you, I could just tune into your, you know, your whole life experience while I'm there and then know, and then I've written now I've lived your life experience. But I mean, those are, I mean, I ask a lot of hard questions and not really hard, but I mean, I think that, you know, 
there's still questions that I ask that people, you know, nobody has the answer for. Like, still, I can't get a concrete answer from anybody. What is the void? The void. I heard you ask that. Uh, yeah. yeah. On a, on a show recently, what, what is the mm -hmm. void? And somebody mm -hmm. answered it. I thought they did a great, can't remember what they said. Who did you ask? Was that to Samuel? No. Who was that to? It was someone that you had on recently. Because um, I'm having Samuel on my show in oh, a couple of days oh, that great. you've just had on, you know, oh, with the, the Thea Uber prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he, he sent me the book. Mm -hmm. I think it was Michael Sandler. Michael oh, Sandler. Michael Sandler. It, well, it was either that or I asked Michael Sandler something. But again, even he said, you know what? That's a great yeah, question. I, I don't know. What is the void? Well, I don't yeah. know. So there's there's certain things out there, but I feel like I'm getting closer to the answers. It's just, you know, um, there's another guy that I really liked a lot. And he had an NDE-like experience. His name is Arden. And there was something that I thought was amazing for him and about time. He said, consciousness does not exist in a time, in, in linear time. Consciousness exists out of time. And so I thought he had a great explanation of like, when you're doing something that you love to do and you're completely in the moment, you're in the zone if you're playing basketball or football or whatever, but what something that you're in the zone and you're completely focused on that event and not, and nothing else time flies by, right? They say time flies and you're having fun. So you almost become out of time in that, in, in that, during that time period. And I just, the way he said it, I thought it was amazing. And it was just some little thing that I thought, well, I never thought about it that way. That's so amazing. Yeah. I used to play with time when I was a naturopathic student. Mm -hmm. I used to, because I, I knew time was a movable feast, you know, um, warpable. Like you could, you could play with time. And uh, just like you say, time flies when you're having fun. And I would always be late at the naturopathic college that I was at. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd have to drive through peak hour traffic in city, Sydney, big city, get across the bridge, peak hour traffic. Uh, you know, it was always a drama and, uh, one teacher said to me, if you're one minute late, I'm going to lock you out and not let you into mm -hmm. the classroom. And so I thought, right, I need to get there. You know, like I need to bend time. So I would leave at the same time, give myself 20 minutes, half an hour to get there. And sometimes it would take, you know, traffic. And I would cover the clock, turn the music up full blast and just be in absolute bliss and joy and sing all the way there. And sometimes when I gave myself 15 minutes to get there in peak hour traffic, I'd get there in 10, you know, for a half hour journey. And I'd always get there before, you know, she would lock me out of the classroom because I mm. just started playing with time. When you stop looking at time, you can just, you can live outside of time. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's great. I had this I wanna, woman. Mm -hmm, go I'm on. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I had this woman, I saw her talking about time on YouTube, she had this YouTube channel where she had just one or two videos and she was talking about her NDE experience and she was talking about time. This is a question I want to ask you too. When you hear this information, even though you're hearing it for the first time, do you find that you recognize it as your truth? It's like you probably sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes I would think I do. I mean, like when that, just like that, when that guy was talking about time, I thought, you know, yeah. This is this makes sense. Yeah, I, this makes I sense know. to me. It's hard. Yeah. To, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know if, if 
if I would say, I don't, that's a interesting thing, way that you put it as your truth. Or as like, truth. Truth. As truth. It, I, I, it kind of felt like it. I guess mm-hmm. you could say, you know, sometimes their feelings, if, mm-hmm. if, if feelings really, you know, concur that something is true or not, I don't know, but it at least feels true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a lot of what your listeners experience too, as they're listening to people's experiences. Some go, ah, nah, bullshit, don't believe a word they're mm-hmm. saying. But some people, you know, having never heard it before, just recognize it as truth. It's like that, again, that soul part of you speaking to you, overriding mm-hmm. your ego, skeptical, logical, critical mind, and you're recognizing what you're listening to as truth. And you go, yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> it's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's logical. That makes sense. Yeah, that feels mm-hmm. right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it may just take us time to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't we don't understand enough to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. I think one of the thing one of the ways I've changed was I was was what they call a dual system where I thought, okay, our consciousness is separate from our body, and we just okay. come here to this body and leave. But from some of my guests and some of the things I've learned, I'm kind of more now where I'm on the theory of our body is actually a manifestation of our consciousness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I've got so many things to say to you. But what, what I was going to say to you before, I'm going to come back to this, remind me, was something that was in Samuel's book mm-hmm. um, that you just had a conversation with him about because mm-hmm. he sent me the book and I read the book and it, it blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, I loved the book. Um but yeah, I had um, Yvonne Ballard changed her name to Naya. Uh, she mm-hmm. had this extensive NDE, but she had this little video on her YouTube talking about her experience of time outside of time and how time is stacked on top of each other like books. And um, you can flip through time like a video screen when you're you know, in another realm and that all time is simultaneously. And again, it spoke to the truth and to my knowing. And I'm like, this girl knows some stuff, you know, she's got this tiny five minute video, really poor quality, but I need to speak to her. And she was amazing. And I got her to write her experiences in the book awakened by death and um, put her on the show a few times, but she ended up, she's left her body since then I'd put her on your show, but she's left her body a a year or two ago, Mm. but yeah, she had one of the most extensive NDEs I've ever heard about just being a, an orb of, consciousness and playing like if you want to dive into a atom you can go into the nucleus of an atom and be inside the nucleus of an atom and see and then you can pull yourself out and go out into the universe and see the cosmos and the multi-cosmos and the multi you know you can just you can flow through anything as a point of consciousness and explore anything you want to explore you want to go into a computer see how a computer works you want to go into a you know you can go anywhere this was her experience during her nde just playing playing in the cosmos and and seeing how people were creating their hells and their heavens after they die through their thoughts through their consciousness they were creating what they expected and she said heaven is empty i called it heaven is empty because she said people would create these heaven realms where you know harps were playing clouds and golden cities and gardens and things like that but she said there was no one in them (laughs) They were alone in their heaven and they're like, where is everybody? Because it was a creation of their own belief. And um, once they sort of snapped out of it, they would go into that place where you were talking about before where where we're all together and all one, 
we're all mm-hmm. one but still ha- holding an an identity mm-hmm. yeah heaven is empty i thought that was hilarious i wish dolores cannon was still with us because mm-hmm. i would love to have her about as a guest and i'm really intrigued about her idea of background people yeah that uh, was just the first time i heard that it was with with my guest named gosha which is a channeler of um, Pleiadians, I believe. Oh, Gosha, she has her own channel. I think um, she's actually, she's on Gaia TV now. Yeah, Yeah, Gosha, what's it, Cosmic Agency, yep. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Can't tell you how many people have said, put put her on your show, put her on your show, I haven't yet. Yeah, Yeah, she's amazing. Background um, people. So what do you think the background people are? That sort uh, of hits. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I mean, what she's saying is they're, they're just, human bots here with you know like in a video game you know you're playing a video game you you could be playing against other players and then they're just other things in the game that are computerized bots that you have to fight in the game i mean if if what they're saying is correct then maybe all this is a simulation and those are just computerized humans and I don't know if it was Gosha or Dolores Cannon that said don't bother trying to figure out who they are because we can't but when I heard that, that was one of the things I was kind of blown away by. That was one of my blown away moments. Like, whoa, you know, I, well, I've never heard of that before. So I was like, yeah, that profound back, for me. Do you find that when you're out on the street in a busy place, you look at people and you think, any of you have background, any of you like no. bots? Do you do that? I do. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, don't try because we can't figure it out anyway. So I take them at their word for it. I haven't found a bot yet. I don't think, but um, maybe they're there. Yeah, that's something that I, um, yeah, that I'm sort of still oscillating on. Like, really, how does that work? That whole that mm-hmm. little linear mind, you know, we've got to mm-hmm. break through those barriers. But years mm-hmm. ago, in Yogananda of a yogi's book, mm-hmm. Yukteswar, Sri Yukteswar, his guru talked mm-hmm. about reconstructing, recreating his physical body from the molecules of the universe to come back to talk to Yogananda and present himself back in a physical body. And I remember reading that 20, 30 odd years ago, and that just hit my, nah, that's, that's effing impossible. You know, that hit my Mm -hmm. skeptical mind. Mm -hmm. And again, when I was a teenager, I went to a psychic and, and he recognized who I was as someone that just wasn't asking about how to get a boyfriend and buy more shoes. And he started telling me a story about how his little dog had died and then came back physically reconstructed the molecules to form a physical body and came back and jumped up on his lap to thank him for looking after him. And again, the 16 year old me went, Oh, this guy's completely crazy. (laughs) And then Samuel in the book that, you know, you had Samuel on the show, Mm -hmm. the two Jesuses, you named it two Jesuses. Mm -hmm. He said that the ETs did exactly that. So when you hear this story over and over again, they reconfit they created another body of Jesus mm-hmm. and um, they just created it like it didn't have to be born. They didn't use, mm-hmm. they weren't implanting, you know, using alien DNA and implanting human bodies. They just recreated it from the molecules and created the body that was the Jesus that was crucified. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? How does that sit with you? Well, I think what it was, what he said was that you know, they had the first Jesus that was the virgin birth, which they 
already artificial inseminated probably mary you know Mm -hmm. i'm just going on their story Mm -hmm. and then when jesus died an alien shape-shifted into jesus and took over he just you know the alien took the form of jesus he just shape-shifted then maybe they sent you know any everything's kind of everything's on the table for me everything's possible yeah what um, what it says in the book is that the the jesus that was born from the virgin birth he was the one that traveled the world Mm-hmm. And I asked my guides about it. I'm like, because I'm reading it and thinking, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Like, why? Like, why? That's my question for everything. Like, why would they do that? Why? Why? So he actually um, traveled the world, went to India and Nepal and Tibet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a teacher, he traveled the world as a teacher, as a spiritual teacher, and ended up in Japan and lived and, and died. Um, he, he hit Japan when he was 50 and he died there 45 years later. So he died when he was 95 and that there is a burial place for Jesus mm. in Japan in that place where he lived and had a family. But in the meantime, when he left at the age of 12 with his brother, he left his family home to start his travels. That's when the ETs formulated the new body and, mm. um, and then years when he he was thirty when he came back to start his ministry as the one known as Jesus that was crucified on the cross that that's what it says in the book. Right, yeah. I have I have the book. I just haven't read it. Yeah, which is fascinating. So I asked the guides, my guides. I said, like, why, why, why would they do that? And they said, well, <laughs> they said Earth was in need of some teachers. And we sent this consciousness into a few bodies, in fact, and that body that traveled the world not only was learning, but learning and teaching as well, like he was traveling the world. And I'm and I'm going, okay, that makes sense. And then we needed the story of Jesus that we know in the Bible to happen. And so that was the formulated body that was crucified and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and resurrection, resurrected. But the ETs that Samuel speaks about have complete control over manipulating physical structure and they can regenerate their body at will they can they can mm-hmm. do all this stuff which is it's fascinating to read blows mm-hmm. your mind and it's fascinating to read right. we'll have to read the book Jeff well if you know if the universe is i don't know how many billion years old what i think the earth's like what 7 5 6 7 and the universe itself is i don't know nine ten billion i don't know i I don't know the numbers but um if another race of beings is only a million years ahead of us cosmologically that's nothing but technologically it's massive and so if another race comes upon us that are a million times or a million years beyond us they'll be doing things that we would perceive to be as magic Exactly, exactly. What's magic to one person is science to another. Mm. And that's what I've come to know. My mind was blown for the first time because I thought I knew a couple of things before Garnet Schilhauser, who you've also had on your show, mm. came and, and I read all his books. And then what he is reporting through his experiences of what's out there in the universe, that blew my mind. And I've had Garnet on the show, I think, eight times now. Just talking about all his uh, different adventures throughout the cosmos, this conservative, straight-laced, 
corporate lawyer who's taken out of his physical body into his astral body and flown around the cosmos and shown all this stuff. It's just mind blowing what he experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, his stuff really blew my mind. And um, since then I had him on the show for the first time about eight years ago. And since then, yeah, I've had many people on the show that have had those type of experiences that just blow your mind. So anybody else you want to talk about? One thing I want to say is that since I have such an amazing audience, I've come to the point that I feel responsible to bring them, you know, interesting stories and interesting podcasts every night. So it's kind of a fascinating thing for me that now that I, you know, I kind of feel this responsibility, responsibility, like I was saying, if so many people are dedicated to what you do and are, and are actively participating by watching and and committed to watching every night now i you know there's a little more pressure on me to give them something good every night yeah so how does that how does that land do you vet the people that reach out to you more thinking is this interesting like you put everyone on before and now you think maybe this is boring i won't you know People weren't reaching out to me until I've gotten a certain amount of traction, mm-hmm. but I do get quite a, quite a lot, of, quite a bit of people soliciting, and and um and even the, some of the book publishers and publicists offer me guests, and I, and I decline them, and and a lot of them I'll say, you know, I don't think you're a great fit for the mm-hmm. full hour type of podcast, but you, why don't you come on Saturday night when. And when anybody can share for like 10 minutes. And for those of you that don't know, I have like a Saturday night. It's like a call-in radio show, but it's with Zoom. And you get around, you know, I don't watch the time exactly. But, you know, I give everybody like 10 minutes to come on and share whatever they want to talk about. And and um, I, I, for me, it's a lot of fun because I, I've, I, I love people. And it's fun to just have a complete stranger pop in that I've never met before and, you know, and, and chat with them about their life. Yeah. Do you find that you have more people than you can put on in the lives? No, I don't have more people that I can. I'm not there yet. I, I've, I'm, I think I will be there. So I mean, I don't schedule that far out. I, you know, I, I guess that ultimately would be like I have a whole year booked in advance. Oh but, no, I mean on the lives, like the people oh, that on, jump the, on lives. the lives. Have yeah. I ever? Yeah, I'd have because technically this the live streams two hours and there's a, it's many. I guess many times I've gone past two hours. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's two hours, if people are still there, I'll just keep going until I have nobody, until there's nobody left. Mm-hmm. Ah, cool. Yeah, that yeah. Well, that might change now. You might have more yeah. people than you can put on. Do you That's find great. Pe- people? I just people just want to share their stories. You know, they get on and start. They mm-hmm. just start talking about themselves. You find that they're really sharing their experience. They're not really. People want to talk about themselves. I've, I've found that in many groups. Yeah, I think that the get people who show up, they watch what's going live, and they kind of are already understand what the audience is expecting of them. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's usually around three hundred people there, so I think that they don't, you know, that they know all these. And if you come. Even if you watch, you'll see the chat. They're all chatting with each other. And there's like, so it's probably a lot of fun for people because they're hanging out. It's kind of like 
this family or friendship of all these people hanging out, chatting with each other. It's Saturday night. They're chatting with each other. They're seeing the guests. They see me. And, um, you know, it's just kind of like a Saturday night hangout. <laughs> That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So specific questions for you. You said that you don't have the fear of death. Mm-hmm. Do you look forward to like knowing who you are beyond this body or do you try to sort of remember, like I'm sure a lot of your guests have spoken about how we're in that realm, that realm that we go to when we die, when we're at sleep mm-hmm. at night, that our, mm-hmm. that our astral body leaves the physical body and has adventures at night. Do you sort of look forward to having some of the memories of that or those experiences? You know, I try, I do different things. I experiment and, and I've, you know, like, um, lately this morning, as a matter of fact, I experimented with the YouTube videos off the Monroe Institute. And if, for people who don't know what the Monroe Institute is, that's from Bob Monroe. And he, I, th- I guess he's the one that invented the binaural beat, which is you play like a, you know, like a note here, and then you've got to kind of detune the note, just a few hertz or megahertz down so it creates this wobble effect in your head in your head wah 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 because the and the notes and you can put them at different distances which put your brain into different frequencies theta beta delta and so um i do experiment with different things to see if i'll you know i'll pop out of my body or or um or have some kind of spiritual experience I don't know if I'm at, that's answering your question, but that's kind of what I personally do with. And I kind of experiment with stuff. And I, I like it personally on my Saturday nights when I don't have to talk because I, I, but if, if sometime there's some downtime between guests, then I'll, there's no one there. So I have to, I'll share my life and then I'll share like, okay, well now I'm, you know, I was doing this. Now I'm experimenting with the Monroe Institute gateway video. So if you guys want to try it, check out the gateway video or whatever. And if you had success? Uh, I, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't out of my body, but I, I, you had some very interesting sensations with it. And I don't know if that particular video is supposed to get you out of your body, but it's, what do they call that? Um, when you're doing the video, I don't know if they're calling tuning your frequency or something, but um, it's really, really fascinating. I recommend people to try it. What about remembering your dreams? Well, I have a lot of strange dreams. And Mm -hmm. I talked to that about with my, because I have quite a few dream analysis experts on. Mm -hmm. And and like my wife, she dreams about people that she knows all the time. And I usually don't dream about people I know. I dream about people I've never met. Mm. And so I've talked to them about my guests. I'm like, am I dreaming? Am I just taking a random person on the street? And I didn't pay, you know, you, I, I didn't remember them and they show up in my dreams or am I astral traveling? And, you know, obviously they'll say, I either get, I think most of them will say you're probably seeing other beings in your dreams. And astral traveling. Yeah. And, or, and I have a lot of, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I look forward to those. I mean, sometimes I have amazing dreams and I'm up di- disappointed when I have to go to, when you wake up, right? Oh, yeah. The alarm clock's on. I have to get up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this dream so much. Or, yeah. Yeah. I was having one of those the other night. Are you lucid in your dreams? Do you know that when you're dreaming, that you're dreaming, that you're creating a dreamscape? It's usually at the end. It's mm-hmm. uh, And I spoke with 
um, one of the dream analysis people that I, there's a, a common theme in my dreams or I'm being chased by people or fighting people or, you know, weird fighting dreams. And I, well, I think someone said that may just be due to stress or something. That was this person's analysis, but I'll get to the end of that dream and I'll realize this is just a dream. This is stupid. Why am I dreaming this? I'm going to think about something else. And then I'll change. I'm going to, and that's where it is. I don't know if that's lucid dreaming or not. That's I just recognize, I recognize this is a dream and this yep. is like, why am I, this is like stressful. Why am I even dreaming this? I'm going to, I'm going to think about something else. Absolutely. That that's lucid dreaming. And we could be, you know, we could all practice a bit more lucid living when we're having stressful thoughts and then stopping those stressful thoughts and thinking I've had enough of that stressful thought. I'm going to change it and think about something else. Yeah. yeah that's being lucid. That's being, that's understanding that you're creating it, that you're creating the vibration, the thought you're experiencing the thought because thoughts create, right? So thoughts mm -hmm. create our physical reality. They create our spiritual reality as well, which is something that we're, when we're outside of the bodies, the physical astral bodies that when we're back in spirit, that we understand we are completely the creator. But as we, come down into density we start to forget that and the lowest being physical density where we're not a clue that we're actually creating the world around us co-creating mm. it yeah yeah that's being lucid yep you're lucid mm. okay well then yeah, i didn't know i was expecting it more that you know i'm in the dream and then i they say you know look at your hands or whatever and then oh, oh I'm, I'm dreaming and now i'm i'm gonna make myself fly like a butterfly or whatever you know yeah, well, you can do that too. Yeah, but it's just knowing that you're creating it, that you're the master of it. Yeah, I'm going to fly now and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. And mm. I remember I was young thinking, God, this is so real, but I know it's a dream and pinching myself and feeling it and like going, I can feel the pinch, but I know I'm in a dream. <laughs> That's being mm -hmm. kind of lucid. Yeah. Mm. Do you know Cyrus Kirkpatrick? Yeah, Cyrus and I put the book together, uh, oh, Awakened wow. so by Death. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when we were talking about astral travel, that was one of the, I really resonated with Cyrus on his astral traveling. Yeah. So he's that, amazing that, at what he can do, yeah. Yeah. but he, he does tend to go to one realm. I mean, the best, the best guy on astral traveling, I actually introduced them on the show when I had him on my show. Now I've gone blank on his name, German guy, German guy. Oh, I'd have to look it up. Do you want me to look it up? He he has a got to get him on your show. I asked him to come back on my show, but he said mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. um, but I introduced Cyrus to him because Cyrus has this um, Facebook group, and they used to talk on the messenger on the Facebook group, or not the messenger, the comments on the Facebook group. But they had mm -hmm. never met on Zoom, and so I had them both on my show. And he's written many books about astral traveling and all the different realms that he's gone to. He's gone to the thought realms, the hell realms, like all the lower densities. And then he's moved up into the more, um, you know, heaven realms and where, where people, where thoughts are creating these realities. And he's traveled through many different realities. But mm -hmm. Cyrus used to go to what he called second earth, which mm -hmm. is like an astral form of earth where people are still working out sort of mm -hmm. stressful thoughts. He said that he saw his mother there who had mm -hmm. some mental illness. And when she died, she saw him in the second earth and she was in hospital and she was getting some healing for her mental illness. So she was still working on stuff that she was working on earth, but in a 
in a lighter mm-hmm. way, in a higher mm-hmm. way, if you like. And Cyrus mm-hmm. and I spoke about it in that realm things aren't as dense as earth like when you get punched because he said he'd go to bars where people would fight each other in this astral realm but you don't get hurt as much you still feel some pain but you don't mm-hmm. get hurt as much as when you're on earth where you can get cut and bleed and then you need to be stitched up there you can sort of be punched in the face and not bleed or whatever but still feel some sort of pain fascinating mm-hmm. fascinating the funny thing I was just thinking about was that the videos that resonate with me the most usually are the ones that don't get that much traffic. Really? View-wise, yeah. A lot of my personal favorites are don't usually get the views that other videos do. So it's, you know, that's just what I'm into. You know what I mean? What I What my interests are and what I resonate with is not always what the audience resonates with. So would you say that would be more astral experiences that, that you're interested in? It, no, it goes from guest to guest. It's not mm-hmm. always it, it on all subjects. And, and it's just, it, it's a guest to guest thing. And like, and maybe it's also because as you are sitting here with me, you might recognize this, that as a host, you just, you know, you, it's like sitting and having a one-to-one conversation with anybody anywhere. We're just doing it on Zoom. But some people, as you're just hanging out with a person, because really we're just kind of hanging out, some people you just, you have, you connect with this person. So maybe I'm just, it, it doesn't really matter what the guest is talking about. It's not the content. I just felt like I can really connected with this on a personal level. Yeah. Well, the question I'd like to ask you to finish off is what would you say to people that want to create like people that are out there as healers or they have a story to share and they want to sort of share that with the public as a content creator, as a successful Mm -hmm. content creator and somebody that's been successful in getting conscious content or spiritual content out to a wider, what, what would you like to say to people who want to put their content out there in a way that people could find them? first and foremost just put the content and just start because you know that's the most important thing because i think a lot of people never start so you've got to start is the first thing and you've got to um and it's you know it's like a craft you just got to keep working at it maybe you'll get lucky in your first video everybody will love it and off you go if not you just gotta um you know, it's it's kind of a large question the way you ask it because it depends on the content and what kind of content they want to provide. You know, are they are they are they teaching? Are they giving out information? Are they um you know, are they just sharing with their life? Are they, you know, are they are they demonstrating what they do you know you know what i mean does that make sense that it on the it depends on the type of content you want to put out so if you're if you're a healer then you might want to give out information you know healing information you may want to make videos demonstrating it just what here's a great thing is i i can give you an example is that i was there like i said i was there with youtube basically from the beginning and i used to make chiropractic videos just teaching people about their spine and the body and they got very little traffic but there are chiropractors out there 
adjusting people and your hero, you know, all the bones popping and cracking and twisting and all the stuff. And those videos are getting crazy views and like millions and millions of views. So you still have the same subject chiropractic, but the videos demonstrating it are far superior in views to then just teaching it. So if you're a, maybe whatever you do, whatever service you provide, you can try some videos teaching it, or you can try some videos practicing it or, and see, you know, you just throw up different things. You just kind of, like I said, also, you just put up videos and see what works and whatever you find works, you've found your audience. Yeah. That helps. I agree. When you, when you give away what you've got, yeah, you, you don't you don't lose like I've been giving it away for years, really. But when you demonstrate what you are, so if you're a reader, do some readings, do some live readings, you know, mm-hmm. with some or if you're a channeler, do some channeling, or if you're a healer, mm-hmm. do some healings. But yeah, demonstrating who you are and what you've got to give and giving it away free, people will then, you know, see you. Um, mm-hmm. they get to taste your dish that you've made, you know, they get to mm-hmm. experience who you are and and then they'll reach out for you, you know, for private sessions or to mm-hmm. engage in you further. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Just put out who you are. Yeah. Right. And there's one other thing that I've created. I don't know if you know what it is and the, the audience probably doesn't know what it is, but it's called Discord. Mm-hmm. And Discord t- traditionally is for kids who play video games and it's a way to talk to each other while you're playing your games and it doesn't take them a, a a lot of your computer power away, but they have little rooms and chat rooms and you can video chat with each other. And if you know, it's totally free and you can audio chat with each other, obviously to play games. And so um, what I have done on my discord is for people who do different healing arts, as long as they give it away for free, you can you can go there and say, hey, I'm a like there's a guy that he comes to my Saturday night. Every Saturday night he's there and he's usually first. He gives like everybody a free reading. We know like we do pile one, pile two, pile three. You choose what number and we give a reading. But if you want to, he's always practicing his art because any art, whether you're a, a channeler or a medical doctor, it's still considered an art and you have yeah, to practice yeah. until you get better at it. And so he, if you, message him on discord he'll give you a free reading and there's some other people that do that as well so what type of reading does he give does he give a future prediction does he tune into your subconscious does he give you a galactic reading does he read your spirit guides those are probably questions for him but i know he uses tarot cards okay okay he uses tarot cards he's a tarot card reader but you know um and if anybody's watching this if you are a person that wants you know, if you want to practice your craft, you know, I think one of my guests was a woman that does long distance healing. And mm-hmm. she said, she, she actually told me I need people to practice with so I can practice more. And I said, come to my discord because there's people there who probably would love to get some healing. So if, there someone, you go. if someone is watching and, and is a healer and wants, are looking for, I hate to use the word guinea pigs, but yeah. people to practice on then message me and I'll give you the, you know, you, after you create your discord account, you message me for the link and I'll get you the link. And, um, 
and then you can go. And and that Discord's pretty amazing because I just kind of set it up. I don't really get involved with it too much, but it's growing and growing. And there's well over 400 people there now. So it's like its own little community. community. And, and they're all like, you know, friends with each other, post stuff. And they sometimes they get together and have, you can, like I said, you can all get together like an, on camera, like Zoom, and they get together and talk. And I think it's wonderful. And practice your psychic abilities. One of my mm -hmm. friends, clients, part of my group has a telepathy group on Discord and they practice. Cool. Tele and I had her into my inner sanctum and she gave us some exercises practicing telepathy. We, you know, we'd have a, we'd, we'd look at something and um, and then think about it and project it. And then people would have to pick up, you know, like sort of games like that. That's and fun. Yeah, um, it was great. It was fun to see what people were getting. Somebody put did glasses. It was really interesting. And um, they were thinking of glasses. And what I got was I went in, we put it in a container, and then we all go in and look inside the container, the sort of thought container. And then I'm in the container and I'm saying, I can't see. I can't see anything because I'm a seer, right? And I'm going, I can't see anything. I can't see. I, I kept repeating, I can't see, I can't see. And then when they said, what could you say? I said, I can't see anything. And then he said, it was glasses. So it was mm. interesting that I'm thinking I can't see. Yeah. And it was glasses. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh. so it's so interesting the way that you yeah. receive messages. And then our logical mind is misconstruing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like why? remote viewing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I've got clients that I push out there and say, just get out there and do your thing, you know, do your stuff. Mm -hmm. And they they don't know how to find clients. So I'll I'll direct them to your Discord, mm -hmm. to your Discord group to to do some practice readings on and yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot you said you have clients. What what do you offer? Yeah, well, I teach people about their psychic ability, about oh, and most okay. of the people that I attract are those difference makers or new world teachers or light workers or star seeds that are coming into their own as who they are as someone here to make a difference in the world and who am I and how do I put my work out there and and you know how do I find clients and mm -hmm. so this is the sort of thing that I'm talking about with my clients all the time uh, are you really teachers. are you really big into star seeds or do you believe you're a star seed oh yeah absolutely yeah, and yeah, that's kind of something that's come come down. You know, that's kind of I feel a new thing. It's probably something that's kind of come up. I would guess in the last five to ten years, right? Or has the no has the word starseed been out there a long time? The word like starseed's been out there for a long time, but it is a bit of a new thing. It's just the label we've given it, like knowing that every human is a starseed. In fact, mm -hmm. because right. um, Earth, the the place called earth is a difficult experience and so you've mm -hmm. got to work up to it it's like even though it's 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 a low sort of category like samuel said that we're a category one and the ets that he was that the person in the book was hanging out with michelle he was in a category nine or sometimes we call them dimension we're in a third dimension and then there are mm -hmm. all these higher dimensions even though it's a low category or dimensional experience as a spirit or a soul who is an infinite, infinite intelligence, infinite creative potential consciousness to come into this low experience, you've had to have experienced other worlds that were easier. So in that respect, you're, a, everyone's a star seed because mm. we've experienced other dimensions and other places 
which are we're a lot more spiritual. I mean, who we are as soul or spirit is is that is that con that God consciousness, and then we put ourselves, insert ourselves into this earth experience, which limits our perceptual experience until it doesn't, until we open. So everyone, mm -hmm. in fact, is a star seed, but it's something that um, has been happening with a lot of the younger generation, probably forty and under, thirty and under that they mm -hmm. recognize that they've come from other planets, other solar systems, and they feel very connected to their the aspects of who they are in these galactic worlds. They've come bearing what they call gifts or abilities to reawaken that ability within the collective unconscious of humanity. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that these psychic abilities, the ability to channel, the ability to remote um, view and astral travel and, and all these things. And uh yeah, and a lot of the younger generation, I say younger, everyone's younger than me these days, is doing it with um, ayahuasca and mushrooms and having these mind-altering experiences to really get those abilities back online. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're I was thinking it would, I, I, you know, I was thinking that, you know, I love sci-fi so much, so then I must be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right. my brothers are as well. They're so into sci-fi, the two of them, but they're so unbelievably skeptical. They don't believe any of this stuff that I believe in, but mm. they have always been into sci-fi. And I recognize my elder brother, especially, he is just so technical. He used to take apart the television when he was like 10 years old to see how it worked then put it back together again. Like just this heightened technical mind like he is i said to him you know you're an et don't you and he goes mm -hmm. <laughs> thinks that's hilarious <laughs> mm -hmm. but he so is but he he really hasn't awakened yeah wow. he hasn't awakened so maybe yeah. someday maybe someday yeah oh darling what's well, been beautiful i i tell you who that person is jürgen ziva he spells his last name z-i-e-w-e He's an he's yeah. older now. I think he's I don't know how old he is, a little bit older than me. Uh he has had many, many experiences with his astral traveling. He, he would be interesting. Mm. Multi-dimension, the multi-dimensional man, vistas mm. of infinity. These are his books, the 10-minute moment. Yeah, he'd be how interesting. Do you spell his name. Z I E W E. I'll send you the link. Jurgen. Okay. Jurgen. U R G E N. Jurgen Zebra. Yeah. He, when I had him on the show, he's the one I introduced to Cyrus and they're now pals. Cyrus has actually gone AWOL. He's sort of dropped off, dropped off uh, the internet. Nobody knows where he wow. is. Wow. Yeah. And everyone in his group's going, where's Cyrus? Where's Cyrus? People are reaching out to me by email going, where's Cyrus? Mm. And I'm like, I mm. don't know. Anyway, but mm. um, Jürgen and Cyrus became friends and I wanted Jürgen to come back on the show because I had a million more questions for him. But he was reluctant, but he still does podcast shows. He'll do yours, I think. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful to chat with you today, Jeff. Thanks so yes. much for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It was nice catching up with you again. How wonderful to have Jeff on my show. As I said, um, I took a bit of convincing because he said, oh, I'm not interesting. I haven't had spiritually transformative experiences. And uh, it sounds like he's... Yeah, sounds like he's having some. The thing about this work is that when we start listening to podcasts or reading books, you know, we start asking for these experiences. We summon it. Many of the experiences that I had, I have to say, when mum died and her coming to me 
in dreams all the time telling me she wasn't dead was not really an experience that I was asking for. <laughs> but after that started happening and I started getting into spiritual stuff and reading all these books and hearing about all these experiences, I started asking for them, like, I want that to happen to me, especially the astral traveling or the lucid dreaming stuff. Uh, and for the longest time when you're asking for it, often it, you don't have it because you're in that vibration of wanting, which is a vibration of lack. And when you're in the vibration of lack, you don't manifest what it is that you want because you're pumping out an energy that you don't have it. This is what wanting is about. But it also summons the energy to bring it to you. So you have to move yourself into a vibration of allowing what you've asked for, what you're summoning to happen in your life, to manifest, including astral travel, lucid dreaming, remembering your dreams or having spiritually transformative experiences or talking to spirit or having psychic abilities open and kundalini opening. I know lots of people say that this stuff happens spontaneously because, again, like what Jeff and I were talking about, the soul has a desire and a calling and then the ego has a desire and a calling, but usually the soul's desire overrides the ego's desire. It's going to happen whether the ego wants it or not. So that's when people have these NDEs or spiritually transformative experience or kundalini awakenings, which can be traumatic and devastating, hit by a truck, you know, put in hospital, millions of bones broken. You hear it over and over again, and then they have these incredible experiences and uh, come back to uh, with their lives completely changed and their minds open. And um, yeah, so in one way or another, we're asking for it, whether we're consciously asking for it or or unconsciously asking for it, we're asking for what happens to us in life. Be careful what you ask for, you'll get it. <laughs> So when you read these things or watch podcasts and you hear about these experiences and you ask, you'll have them. Sounds like Jeff is asking and starting to have these experiences too. I loved the story about, you know, the hue, oming hue. We've done that in the Palladian Awakening group. Um, James, who's an opera singer and a spiritual teacher and an astrologer, has got us all to hue in the group. Hue, you know, om, but that hue. Oh, I loved that. I loved that story. Yeah, beautiful. It was wonderful to have Jeff on the show. And just like we were talking about when people put their work out there, you know, for free and do readings for free, Kimberly Meredith is coming up in the Inner Sanctum, which is my online group. This weekend, which is Saturday night or afternoon for the US and Canada and my Sunday morning in Australia and New Zealand and late at night in Europe. It's about midnight, I think, in Europe, Germany and the UK. But she said to me when she came on the show that she wanted to do some readings for my group. I said, okay, come in and do some readings for the group. So we're going to have Kimberly doing some readings and healings she I think she'd forgotten that because she said what are we doing in the inner sanctum I said you wanted to do some readings I said okay so she does this for a living but she said she's willing to do it in the group so if you want to join and have a bit of a group healing or group reading join us in the inner sanctum this weekend which is the weekend of uh, if you're watching this later uh, it's the um, weekend of the 13th and 14th of August 2022 just go to my website karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and pop your email in there and I'll send you the zoom link and you can join us on zoom for the sessions 
But uh, yeah, thanks again for watching and listening. It was great to have Jeff on the show. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. He said he wasn't used to being interviewed. He's so used to being the interviewer. <laughs> and he was like, ask me a specific question and I can answer a specific question. I'm like, hmm, okay, I've got to be more specific with my questions. But yeah, lovely. I'm looking forward to talking to Samuel again this week about the Thaya Uber prophecy, which is the, Jeff just had him on his show too. I was talking to the group and I thought, uh, we're both bringing out the same guy in, you know, in the same week or in the same couple of weeks. And the group said to me, yeah, but you ask different questions to what most people ask. And I do. I'm, I'm intensely curious. And Samuel did send me the book. So I have read the book and it says at the end of the book, you've got to read this book at least three times. And I was thinking, yeah, I need to read this book again because there's so much in it, which I'm going to discuss with Samuel. But Jeff did a wonderful chat with Samuel. They got through a lot as well a lot so hopefully I'll get into some more detail that they didn't get into so you can watch both of them well, lovely to feel you all here thanks again for listening and watching and remember check out the book Awakened by Death which has Yvonne Ballard's or Naya's um, some of her, her writings in there and Cyrus's story in there that we were talking about with Jeff 12 stories of transformation through the death experience including mine Thanks again for listening and watching. Bye for now.